Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels. QBs one through three in no particular order. But QBs four and five are J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix. With the college football playoffs looming, they can move themselves up the rankings. We're going to talk about this and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen every single day. Shout out for being our every dayers. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on X at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout and a senior draft analyst, and I got to kick this intro over to my guy. He is back, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at uh, the talent code. Keep talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, 2019 national champ. With those LSU Tigers, man, here with my guy, Damian Parsons, to bring you championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24 365 Man, you're getting a whole lot of champ talk over here, man. We talk everything college football. We talk everything NFL football. And what we like to say is that it all starts with the NFL Draft podcast. But, DP, man, today's slate, we are rolling. We are going, man. We are talking draft storylines, right? We're going to talk about QB1, QB2. But who's QB three, four, five, right? We have to figure that thing out and get that thing ironed out, right? Because there are more quarterback needy teams, DP, than there are quarterbacks. So what names are we going to see elevated, right? Then we're going to get into our classic segment, man, Rookie Report, which rookies are balling. And we're going to finish this thing up with an appearance from Coach K, Coach DP. Yes, we hopping in the locker room and we are passing out game balls. But DP, before we get this thing started, man, why don't you hit them with our title sponsor? Guys, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Keith, QB one, two are our absolute lock. For most of us, QB three is Jaden Daniels, the Heisman runner, that LSU Bengal Tiger, as you like to say, right? But QB four and five, Keith, I think that's my. That's, I think we both will probably say. That's Michael Penix Jr., quarterback from the University of Washington, and then J.J. McCarthy, quarterback from the University of Michigan. They Both, both of these guys, are, they have a playoff game coming up next week, Keith, which we'll get into. We'll preview that and the prospects in that. But for the draft storyline, Keith, do either of these guys with big-time performances in the college football playoffs, can either of them realistically leapfrog Jaden Daniels for QB3? So – I'm going to throw another name in there, DP, and another another curveball in there, and I'm going to throw Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, right, who's on the same type of stage and has the same type of platform. Even right? though they say he's not coming out this year, <sighs> well, oh, you don't, you're not, you're not fully believing it. I'm not fully believing it yet, right? Because you have a couple big time games, and if you walk over as a national champion, Texas hasn't won a national championship since 2000. What five was that? Five. Vince Young. But, yeah, that's when they lost to Alabama. But, yeah, with Vince Young, right, and, and that performance. And, I mean, what more is there left to do for Clint Ewers, right? And I think this – so let's have the conversation a, a, about it, right, with the unseating of Jaden Daniels as QB3. I think with Michael Penix – and you correct me if I'm wrong, DP – Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, right, 
you almost feel like, are they scheme-proof quarterbacks? And I don't think so, right? I think both of those guys have to go to good situations in order to kind of um, thrive as NFL quarterbacks. So I think right now it's the potential for that because we know that it only takes one team and one scheme, right? And the the weird part about Michael Penix and Jane Daniels, they're almost like opposite skill sets right like their their high level traits are almost polar opposite well you want michael Penix to stand in the pocket jane daniels you want him to get out the pocket right you want him to, to run around you want him to use his legs things like that and then i would throw quinny was in there like i said the the rumblings are that he's not going to come but i'm sorry it's just too much out there dp that if, if he's able to accomplish everything why come back what do you have to earn from that and we've seen in the past right with the I think that was Matt Barkley, right? When he was supposed to be a top pick, came back. Sam Howell was supposed to be a top pick, came back. Um, Jimmy Clausen, remember Jimmy Clausen from Notre Dame, was supposed to be a top pick, I believe, and he decided to come back. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm not ruling out Quinn Ewers for declaring in this draft, and I'm not ruling out Quinn Ewers DP to be QB three. Now I, I like that because you know my mindset. I was like, I don't want Quinn to go back. But I was like, man, they, all the rumblings are strong. I'm like, he, I had already moved them out of my mind. I was like 2025, 20, but I like that, Keith. And I, I think for me, <clears throat> Quinn, Michael Penix, and J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, University yep. of Texas, these three guys, if we're putting them all in 2024. Yeah, they all three have a strong chance. But Quinn, I think, has the best chance in terms of leapfrogging the J.D. If he were to go out there, for one, to knock off Michael Penix, you know, one-on-one, right? They they face each other, and I believe in the bowl game last year with Texas, I think, won that game. So if you do it back-to-back bowl games, right, back-to-back off-seasons, and knock out, knock off Michael Penix. Well, let's say then you get to the to the national championship game, and you got Bama again. You got a hungry, thirsty team that want, wants revenge for the L you gave them in their own house earlier this season. So now you go and you knock them off again. Now the, the wave is hot. It's a tsunami-sized wave of momentum for a quarterback like Quinn Ewers. If you go out there and show you not only can you orchestrate the offense, offense, work the quick game, get the ball out, and be decisive, but you show the arm talent, you show your the ability to layer the ball over, over defenders in the middle of the field, you show the ability to handle pressure, which you know that <clears> – <throat> Nick Saban and that defense are going to try and send as much pressure at you as possible and trust their very, very talented secondary. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? Like, he would absolutely have a case for QB3 if he was to enter this class. I think Michael Penix, Keith, and I, I, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but I think he's the odd man now. I don't know if he really has a shot. I don't I, know if he has a shot, Keith. I, I, I kind of feel opposite. I think he does. Hmm. I think he has uh, the out of those three quarterbacks, the person I give with the least shot, just based solely off of the semifinals rolling into the championship games because I don't trust their offense. Well, not the ability to put points, but right, just to let him throw the football would be JJ McCarthy. I think he has the lowest floor, but he does have the highest ceiling. But he also has the lowest floor of he could just be inactive the whole game, right? He can be the starter and then just be inactive. And we've seen that before with this Michigan offense. So I, if I had to rank them, DP, I would probably put Quinn was one going into these semifinal games, Michael Penix two. And then J.J. McCarthy, three, with the opportunity, when we're talking about in regards to the opportunity of unseating um, Jane Daniels for QB3, rank yours. I want to I hear your rank if you have to rank those three quarterbacks. I give it Quinn Ewers at one. 
you just you kind of you just kind of almost sold me on the whole JJ <laughs> McCarthy thing. I'm not gonna lie to you, because uh, it's not his it's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his it's not his fault at all, Keith. But like you said, he's the only quarterback that we have can can even remember that's been active in games, but still inactive. Like he's starting the game, but the team phases him out. Yep. To 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 make sure they win, it's weird. It's such a weird situation, which is why I don't even want him to go back to college unless if he went back, bro. You got to transfer. You can't go back to the same scheme and and principles and you know that is weird. I, you know what it is, DP. And we about to transition real quick. I could easily see this happening, right? Just Jim Harbaugh, even how he played with the 49ers, right? It was like a lot of ball control stuff. I could see Harbaugh going to the NFL and whatever NFL team he goes to. He tries to draft J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> like this guy can ball control and he can play well. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same exact thing happening because that's our boy as a coach, right? Like he tried to unleash, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick towards the back end. And when, you know, when he made that Super Bowl run stuff, but yeah. for the majority, he was a ball control type of guy and, you know, run game. He's been that way since his time at Stanford, right? There's just always been his pedigree and, and who he was as a coach. But DP, man, I want to keep this thing, keep this thing going and flowing, man. We have to get into some NFL conversation, right? We talk about those rookies. Rookies make impacts, right? And rookies come from where? The NFL draft. So, man, we're about to get into this rookie report. Talk about what rookie performance, what rookies performed the best this weekend and bring a, a, a different interesting twist to this conversation. Guys, have you ever tried buying tickets at the last minute? You shouldn't have to worry when it comes down to purchasing tickets to big events that you want to go to yourself, take your loved one, your, your spouse, family, friends, whoever. But let me introduce you to Game Time. They're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. DP, what else do they offer? Tell me about the benefits. I got you guys. Last minute tickets. Flash deals, zone deals. Their tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. And this is the favorite. This is my favorite part, and it will be yours. They show the views from each and every seat in the van in the venue. So before you purchase your tickets, you know what vantage point you will have. Guys, I'm telling you right now, if you want to see Aaron Donald, Puka Nakua, Matthew Stafford versus the New York Giants this Sunday on New Year's Eve. In New York at MetLife Stadium, you can get tickets as cheap as $55 each on the Game Time app. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Rookie report, Keith. I got to go to New England, right? Well, he was a six-round pick, right? He was drafted, I think, after Kayshawn Butte, Demario yeah. Douglas. He was the only draftable player that played alongside Malik Willis at the University of Liberty, right? And, and for him to be a late-day three pick, and in a game where the Patriots upset at the Denver Broncos, 26-23, Bailey Zappi's leading receiver was DeMario Douglas. Five receptions, 74 yards receiving. And Keith, the, I, I, there was a lot of talk coming out of camp about how he was probably one of the most uncoverable receivers that they had. Now, granted, they don't have a lot of wide receiver help. But the point is, like even the starting DBs, from I remember from training camp, they were saying that he that he was giving the starting DBs some issues, and when him in the slot, the route, the route running, the tempo, just the the crisp footwork, everything, and the, the the ability to get open, right? That's something we've been trying to call for in New England for some time now. The past since they drafted Mac Jones, I, I wanted to give him give Demario Douglas his flowers because I feel like he needs to be to close out this season. He needs to be that wide receiver one. I'm talking 
eight to ten targets a game. Get the ball into this kid's hands because he's making plays for you. And, and you need somebody that can consistently step up and make plays for you, especially with the way that the offense has always been structured since Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. It's been sure. slot machine as the point. Slot machine as the point. Well, you got a slot, a slot receiver now, a, a real one that can actually work, you know, and be that slot machine, get get you those first down, stuff like that, keep the offense ahead of the chains and ahead of schedule. Man, Demario Douglas, almost 80 yards receiving, man. I, I feel like he got eight targets. Man, let's bump that up four more. Give him 12 a game. Just feed him so you can kind of keep that. I think everything right now, right now is, oh, let's figure out what we have as we close out the season, right? Figure out what we have so that in that case, we're good going forward. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, DP. And I I, I want to go to Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua, right? And, and I think people are looking at it from the conversation of, is this the real thing? So I'm going to ask you real quick, DP, with Puka Nakua as a rookie, do you believe that that's the real thing, right? Because he's breaking all type of rookie records right now. So do you think that it's the real thing? I think so, Keith. I think, you know, nine, nine receptions, 164 yards receiving and a touchdown. I 100% think Puka's the real deal. You know what I mean? And at the same time, he's the real deal in an offense that allows him to be the real deal. You know what I mean? So when you think about what he's able to, like what he's doing and the play, like it's one thing to do it when Cooper Cup's hurt the first four games of the season. It's yeah, another, enti- it's entirely a different thing when, po- when, when Cooper Cup is there uh-huh. and you still bust 164 at the touchdown. You right. know what I mean? So, especially against a, a good defense, right? You know, like the Saints and a good secondary. I think Puka's the real deal, and I think that he's going to be here to stay. Sean McVay is clearly shown you line up any talented receiver, not just any any talented receiver. Oh, I'm gonna make sure I'm getting the football. Yeah, no, nah, and I and you you flash back to that Saints game, right? And at this point, it felt like it was so long ago right. because that what a Thursday night football game, right? But man, you just and that was probably third, fourth Rams game, right? I was able to really diagnose Puka Nakua, man. And you just see the the ability and in, in, in how instinctual he is just to make plays, right? Because some of those catches were contested catches, but he just, uh, like, you just about just a natural hands catcher, right? That's what Puka Nakua is. And the reason I wanted to ask, was it the real thing is because you look at the Rams, right? And you already have Cooper Cup, right? Then, like you said, you add Puka Nakua and then a healthy Matthew Stafford, right? With this run game from second year running back, which we covered last week in the rookie report, then you have a good Rams football team. But we know this, DP, that you start to play tougher teams, right? And we're projecting this guy and, you know, the Rams making a playoff run, right? You're talking about being in the NFC conference. Man, we talked about rookies making an impact, right? And, and, and drafting guys a fifth round pick from BYU and turning out to be one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. So that's why I wanted to get your take on it. Um, you know, just what you see from him. And is it one of those scheme situations or kind of you ready to hand it over to Puka and be like, you know what? You're just a really good route receiver. Nah, Puka's he's <clears throat> he's that good, man. I think that we're gonna see uh, as this offense continues to evolve, they get more and more pieces, more and more speed, you know. What I mean, because you got Cooper Cup and Puka, <clears throat> excuse me, you have Tutu Atwell, but if you can Add a, you know, dear God, Xavier Leggett in the second round. You know what I mean? With Sean McVay calling plays. Yeah, no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're the Niners, you're the Cardinals, <clears throat> Cardinals excuse me, or the Seattle Seahawks, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see those type of problems. Because, like, who who do you double? 
Right? You, you you take away Cooper Cup? Well, no, because Puka can go off. You take away Puka, Cooper Cup can go off. You try to double them both. Now you got a big 6'3, 230-pound receiver that plays the X, the Z, and the slot that can go off as well. So <clears throat> excuse me. I think a big thing for me, Keith, is just watching the way he wins. And it to me, it's it's as we've seen, it's he replicates it every single week. If he gets the targets, he's gonna make those plays. But Keith, last week you brought up Kyron Williams, who was kind of we did we did an NBA style rookie report, right? Where it was like that that um that one that first year player who didn't play a whole lot, right? But Ben Simmons, you got rookie of the year the following year. You know what I mean? Even though you in year two, and I want to do that again this week. Zamir White, yep. right? Five star recruit, which you know from recruiting. Yep. Young man, like what was was his dad named Zeus, or did they call him Zeus? They called like, him Zeus. Uh, that was his call him Zeus. And Keith, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, six foot, 215, out of the University of Georgia. And and the past two weeks, you know, know, week 15, 17 carries, 69 yards in the touchdown versus the Chargers, right? In that blowout game that got Brandon Staley fired, right? Good riddance. But then against the Kansas City Chiefs, where we didn't know, I think everybody kind of came, no matter how the Chiefs had looked, everybody came into that game like, man, it's Monday night, it's Christmas, Pat Mahomes going to do his thing. The Raiders like, nope, we're the Grinch, and we're taking everything you got. You know what I mean? And Zamir White was a big part of that, Keith. We're talking about 22 carries, 145 yards rushing, 6.6 yards per, and a a long run to 43, which was, I think that was the run that kind of iced the game late in the fourth quarter. And I'm listen, he didn't play a lot last year. He hasn't played a lot this year because they had Josh Jacobs, right? Well, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be there next year. And I think Zamir is making the case that, yeah, I'm 24 years old. I, I know I got the two torn ACLs from back in college, but you should give me the reins of this all running game, this offense. And it with and, uh, interim head coach Antonio Pierce leading the way, I think that Zamir White is going to be his type of back because he wants to play physical, kind of old-school football, kind of the way he played when he was in the league, right, when he was with the Giants. Physical. Smash mouth, downhill, play action football, things like that. They got to get a quarterback because Aiden O'Connell is not it. But the point is, I think Zamir White, man, I got to give him his love, bro. I think he's making a very strong case to say, hey, guys, Champ Kelly, Antonio Pierce, why why, why pay Josh Jacobs 12, 13 mil or 10 mil a season? You got me on the rookie deal, baby. Go ahead and run me. Let me go Let me go ahead and put the team on my back. So I, I want to give, give some love to him, man. DP, I like that, I like that, I like that. And listen, I, I'll just because I don't think we were doing a podcast at the time, right, for that draft. Um, and I just talked about it, man. I thought Zamir White was a highly talented guy coming out of the draft, DP. I, I gave him, I think, a third-round grade, right? Like, he, he might have been my fifth, sixth-ranked running back. So, I was like, I thought this guy was extremely talented, DP. And now you finally see, you get him some touches, he has the perfect blend of Lateral, lateral explosiveness, right? Agility. Um, he has burst. He has good vision. He has good contact balance. He has everything you want in a running back. So I honestly, DP, I feel the same exact way that this is a player that if a team gives him the carries, you, I, I think you can consistently expect those hundred yard, hundred plus yard games from him because he has the total skill set to get the job done. But DP, it's time to get this thing going, man. We're about to have an appearance, man, from Coach K, Coach DP. But I'm gonna say this. I'm about to add a little twist on this one, right? We talked about the coach situation. I'm about to add a little twist on this situation. So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned because next up is our game ball segment. 
Today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft has been brought to you by Prize Picks. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus George Kittle at a 12-and-a-half-point combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Do you want to play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePix community each and every week. This weekend, this weekend in the NFL and prospects, I am taking Jared Goff for 261 for over 261 and a half passing yards versus the Dallas Cowboys. So, guys, all you need to do is very simple go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Coach K, it's time to give out the game ball. You said you got a little twist here. What, what, what twist are you trying to apply to the game ball segment? Well, DP, DP, what happens is, right, the game ball, we say, hey, you know, we walk in the locker room as as the coaches, right, and we we, we reenact the coaches, right, you know, and who mm-hmm. they're going to to. So what I'm going to do is this, right, I'm going to go into the locker room and I'm going to go into that, that Chiefs-Raiders locker room, right, the Raiders just won the game, right, and you know, Antonio Pierce is standing right there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk in there as the general manager or the owner, and I'm going to tap Antonio Pierce on the shoulder. I say, uh-uh, my brother, I'm going to give you the game ball this time, right? If that's how you motivate a team, that's how a team is supposed to come out swinging. So it's not a Coach K appearance, DP. This is an owner-slash-GM appearance from, from, from Coach K, right? And, and I want to just give him his credit, man, because, listen, this is a team that was, can can we use the phrase, right, left for dead, right? When you're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, when we're talking about locker room issues, we're talking about your best players being, you know, having issues, you're talking about injuries, right? You're talking about every trading away Derek Carr, and then that backfiring, but then it don't really backfire because Derek Carr don't look that good either. But just all of those things going on where people aren't playing for each other, and, and then you're talking about millionaires making millions of money. They could have easily just kind of packed it in and said, you know what, I'm going to cut my check. I'm going to show up for work on Sundays. And whatever the result is, the result is my check is going to clear, right? But he got these guys. He's talking about grown men, DP, 25, 27, 30, 33, right? These men to be motivated to say that, hey, you know what? I don't know if we're going to make it to the playoffs, but you know what we're going to do? Everybody's going to doggone respect us, right? And I really appreciate that. So I want to go in as the owner of GM and hand that game ball to Antonio Pierce and say, hey, that's a signature win right there. Now, not only are you handing, because Keith, I know you, you not only handed him the game ball, you handed him a contract, letting him know he's not the interim head coach no more. He's a full-time head coach, letting him know you are the coach of this team going forward. I know you, so I know they just game ball. You took you took my thought right right out of my mind right that that's I walk in there with the contract right you know what I just did I just printed it out and I said man call your agent we about to get this thing signed sealed delivered right now D people yeah but that's definitely man like you give them the job and you let it figure it out because the Raiders right y'all made that mistake already with Rich Versace and then y'all wanted to go chase the big names and then guess what happened it backfired right I always say this man the qualifications of being a head coach is not the same qualifications of being a coordinator right it's different qualifications every good coordinator and just because you're an offensive guru, Guru or defensive genius doesn't mean you're going to be able to sit there and motivate men. It's two different job qualifications and two standards for what it takes to be a coordinator and a head coach. Without question, Keith, for me, I got to go to Monday night and I got to go to the Baltimore Ravens 
Mm-hmm. Second year safety, and he's he's kind of entering that elite tier now, Keith. Yeah, Kyle sure. Hamilton, man. Kyle Hamilton. DP had me nervous. He had me nervous at first because he was one of the highest-graded players that I ever evaluated. And, you know, that first, what, five weeks, and everybody's like, oh, man, he can't do this, can't do that. But now I'm going to let you go ahead. I just had to get that out, DP, that he had me a little nervous at first. No, <laughs> he, he. I think he, he had us both nervous, Keith. I think people, you know, we saw the 40, and we was like, Four or five ain't bad. Like, what do we do? Like, you know what I mean? What are we what are we losing our minds about? Right? You got people taking back takes and oh no, I I don't think he's fast enough to play on the roof and all. I'm like, first of all, he was weaving during his 40-yard dash. Guys, you're not gonna catch this man weaving, running full speed on the field. Like, it's just not what it is. So, but watching how he's evolved, it just became became that chess piece for well, last year was Wink Martindale. This year is Mike McDonald. Yep. And and for him to have five five uh, tackles and to walk away from this game with two interceptions and the highlight interception wasn't just a normal interception. He blitzed, got, you know, basic kind of, it was a penalty on Chris McCaffrey because he got high load offensive lineman fell on his back. Right. So I thought Kyle Hamilton was hurt. Then he gets up, realizes the play is still going on. He identifies where Brock Purdy's going, gets up, runs to the middle of the field, tracks the ball and makes the play after Marlon Humphrey creates the PBU and, and, and the tip pass. So, man, just watching him, he, he blitzes, he plays in the slot, he plays on the roof still, no matter what questions you have about his speed, he still plays a, as a high safety, but he'll play, like I said, as a, uh, another defender in the run game. He does so many things. He's a, a, a Swiss Army knife. He's a jack of all trades, but I feel like he's mastered them all at this point, whether it's coverage, Keith, there's like I think it was the matchup against the Bengals. Uh, I think maybe the second matchup when Joe Burrow went out. Mm-hmm. There was I think yeah I think it was that game. I remember watching the tape. They had him mess up with Jamar Chase in the slot, and mm-hmm. he and he had some lockdown reps against one of the best receivers in the entire league. So for me, man, I got to give Kyle Hamilton his love. He gets the game ball. Talk about making. The whole defense, first of all, the whole defense is going to take part of this game ball because they they stifled that 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 uh, 49ers offense, right? And when they stopped giving up wide open lanes or wide open throwing uh, uh, target windows in the middle of the field and they started locking things down, you saw that physicality took, come uh, take over. And again, just to take to get what well, they had five total takeaways in that game and two of them came from Kyle Hamilton. So Kyle Hamilton gets it first. But I gotta give also throw another ball over there to the full defense because all those boys play play well. Oh yeah, they they play lights out, man. And and like you said, DP, the most elite thing about that game, uh, you know, when they played the the 49ers was the the the, the effort, right? The hustle play. It it's so easy just be like, all right, this play is over, man. But this guy gets up and then still busts his butt for another 20, 30 yards just to get in position to have an opportunity to make a play. And that's what ball hawks are, right? The people understand that, like, okay, you're always around the football. Well, you're always around the football because you give max effort, right? You're always running to the football. So, DP, I, I really like – you know what? This might be one of my favorite um, – Game ball segments, right? The two people we gave them to. We gave them to Antonio Pierce and then gave them to Kyle Hamilton, man. I, I think that was two 
really good people just in, you know, we're talking about just inspiring people, just the, you know, the grit, the grind to keep working hard and things like that. But DP, you know what happens over here, right, man? We're grinding over here, man, over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, man. That wraps up another show. And if that wraps up another show, man, I want to end this show by saying thank you to our everydayers. Shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping in with us each and every single day, man, as we are into draft season. We are getting this thing rolling, getting it flowing, man. You can find me, Keith Sanchez, on X at The Talent Code, man. You can find my co-host, Damian Parson. You can find him at DP underscore NFL. And what we like to say over here is, man, y'all, come talk to us because we like to talk back. Listen, guys, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out for me and our everydayers. Listen, on the rest of this week, guys, we are getting into the college football playoff games uh, on uh, was it Monday, New Year's Day? All right, Bama versus Michigan, Texas versus Washington. Guys, we're going to get into the prospects you need to know, uh, matchups between prospects and everything. And we might just pick those games as well. So we will get into all of that the rest of this week. So come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.